This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What could be unburdened by what had been. What can be. That's Kamala Harris, obviously, and she might be at the center of why this homeless thing in St. Louis blew up again. Something we covered yesterday with Christopher Arps, you know, St. Louis, and uh, and the homeless issue. They want to take your money, and they want to take your money and, and pay for uh, for all that stuff. And I'm not, please understand. I'm not being callous. Uh, I, I love what New York City Mayor Eric Adams says when it relates to illegal immigration and homeless services. We have an abundance of compassion. We do not have an abundance of resources. Uh, but in St. Louis, became there a- it is. I knew the butt was coming. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but we do have an abundance of compassion, and I and I think it's important to bring that up because progressives do a good job with saying, "Well, you're just mean and cruel. You don't like illegal immigration because the people are brown. That's why you're racist. You don't like homelessness because of this." No, it's 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 about resources, and it's about <clears throat> taking my taxpayer dollars. For example, in St. Louis. Uh, as folks were moving back into um, City Hall, it's a strain on law enforcement, it's a strain on EMT. And they kept saying, well, we gotta, before we kick these people out, we got to find places for them to uh, live. So here's a couple of folks, a couple from Arizona. Um, they have three dogs, these homeless people living at this encampment in St. Louis, and they didn't want to be separated from their, uh, from their dogs. So uh, St. Louis taxpayers got them uh, a tiny home to stay in. Hmm. That would be awesome if I go to Columbia. Hey, you're feeding and doing all... I'm kind of, you just give me some free food, give me a place to live. And then there was another uh, a couple. They didn't want to split from each other. So the city said, here you go. Here's a house. We'll put you in there for a while. Uh, you can thank the taxpayers of St. Louis. And that's the point of frustration. Yeah. I mean, as this debate, you know, rages on in St. Louis, I would encourage people to go back and listen to our interview with Alon Werman. He just won a court case in Arizona over a homeless encampment. And, you know, the city kept saying, OK, if we're going to move these homeless people out, then we have to have one bed for every one person that's in this homeless encampment. And their argument was, no, actually, you don't need one bed because many of these people in this encampment are choosing not they they would not choose to go into a shelter even if a bed was available and so they did all this research they have a a survey you know they had to go before the judge with this evidence and the evidence showed only 15 percent of people would even accept a bed if it was available matter of fact i want to highlight something from the missourian as it relates to local homelessness the missourian i think inadvertently they nailed it, and why leadership in mid-Missouri doesn't get it, I'm, I, I don't get why they don't get it. But Kamala might be at the center of all this. There happens to be a big event this weekend in St. Louis. Democratic National Committee coming to Missouri. So think about the conundrum here. Uh, they're trying to say, hey, maybe we should clean up downtown because we have problems downtown anyway, you know, uh, trying to lure people here and the crime in downtown St. Louis. Some, uh, some high-profile incidents. Don't uh, forget the girl that lost her legs. Yep. So now you've got all these homeless people, and they bring in drugs and fighting and the stench, and people are on the corner like, "Mike, come on, man! This this is just it's just insane that you're doing this." So the conundrum, I guess, would have been: so you've got Kamala; she's going to be here uh, Friday. You've got the big, uh, you know, folks from the Democratic National Committee going to be in Missouri. So the conundrum is: well, we're you know rainbows and unicorns. But we just don't want you to see it at City Hall, (laughs) you know, because we're progressives and they get so twisted up about this. Meanwhile, story in the uh, in the Missourian, there was uh, so it's Kamala Harris. I think that's why they probably because you had progressives disagreeing with progressives on how to handle this because they kept saying, well, offer them shelter, offer them shelter. 
They don't want it. My goodness. And so an article in the Missourian was talking about there was a thing over the weekend um, at a church in Columbia that does, you know, and I appreciate church Mm -hmm. does that. Not my taxpayer dollars. I don't want to go and buy somebody a tiny house. I don't have a tiny house, but I'd sure love it if you would buy one for me. Um, But this was at Wilkes Boulevard United Methodist um, Church, and they had um, interested neighbors. They invited these folks. According to the Missouri and a dozen neighbors, church council members, loaves and fishes uh, were there. Homeless people were invited. None attended. The homeless people don't want to go and listen to these solutions. They don't. They they just don't care. So here you have it in the Missouri and what smart people have been saying all along. They don't care, but they want to keep taking money and throwing my money. They want Brian Houseworth to buy him food and little houses. Well, there is a, and we'll see exactly what happens, but in the ARPA funding, there is potentially millions of dollars that will go to, to the homeless. Uh, they're, they're looking at... The, the plan is to build the homeless shelter on the business loop or near the business loop near the power plant. So we'll see what happens uh, on that. But, you know, the, the tying in with the situation in St. Louis, very it's similar. Uh, the difference between Columbia and, and although our, our numbers are homeless, it's hard to tell. I mean, DeCarlin Seawood has told me he thinks it's between 100 to 200. I think it's probably more than that. I don't remember any camps like we've seen at the one down at City Hall, but we definitely have seen the camps not at City Hall, but you know, up up near the Bob Evans and stuff. But th- there are there are people panhandling. I don't know if they're homeless or not, but they are at almost every intersection mm-hmm. in Columbia on I seventy. You could look at I seventy and sixty three, and I'm talking about every inter- interchange, Clark Lane. They're at every one right now. Um, probably out there this morning, but I see them all the time. I've seen some of them out there at at 11 o'clock at night. Brian mentions I-70, and I just want to let y'all know that we're getting some texts in um, that I-70 East is stopped west of Columbia. Uh, Don't have more information yet, but just if you're on I-70 East, you might you know, keep an eye out and slow down. And I think somewhere on uh, 54, uh, we've got a listener text. We haven't confirmed, but saying traffic on 54 headed into Jefferson City, backed up all the way to the first Holt Summit uh, exit. Not sure why. If you're in those areas, the one, the one in Columbia, a vehicle went off, uh, went off the, uh, in, uh, went into the embankment. That's what's called. I don't know why the traffic is slowing down, but that's that's that happened right before I came in here. Uh, but nobody seriously hurt. Although I heard Gail Blumenkamp on the scanner out there. That's that's probably what that is. Two things. Number one, do you get paid every time you mention Bob Evans and Cracker Barrel? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> you should. I do not. I probably should. Steak and Shake. Steak Mark Smokel. No. Uh, yeah, no, you they, need to capitalize on that housework. No, no. no NIL, Brian. <laughs> no, nothing like that. But that is that really is where we're talking about about a lot of but But they're down... They're down on Rangeland. They're in Providence. They're, they're at every ice of Lake of the Woods, too. And that reminds me, we talk about these social media influencers who get famous and everything, talk about products. Think about this. You have uh, Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah, John Marsh, local influencers. Right. So, like, if you're a business or something, you're like, man, I would love to have a spokesperson. How does this social media influencing work? It's producer Hannah. It's Stephanie Bell. It's John Marsh. I make it sound like I'm I'm an account exec. So call Zimmer Communications if you're interested. If you're interested in having an influencer for your business, 
I agree. These people can do it. Look look at the success of Bob Evans and Cracker Barrel over the years because of Brian Hansen or Brian Housworth mentioning the Brian Hansen. Uh, he's the uh, star of the Gary Nolan Show, which takes place at 9 o'clock this morning. And then the other thing I was going to mention, uh, the panhandlers. Panhandlers, yeah. mostly not homeless. Homeless people typically do not panhandle, my experience over the years. But... Um, these um, there's a, a group of panhandlers. I want to compare and contrast here, and I might be off base because I don't like to compare. Well, what about this? Or what about mm-hmm. this? But I'm going to. But I'm going to. Yeah, and I don't like to my rear end. <laughs> <laughs> the um, there's a couple. I mean, this is a job for them, but it's at six the shops at Broadway. Like so, this is in Columbia, 63 and Broadway, and okay. got you know the five guys and yeah. all those places there, big thing. It's got the Walmart and Hy-Vee. And there is a couple, and they stand out there on Broadway, right at the the second entrance into the big shopping plaza. There, I think they've been there at least three years. Wow! Like clockwork, every day the dude handles the median out in the middle of Broadway. She stands in the median at the exit from this place, and they're there every day. And you know why they're there every day? Because people will continue to give them money. But it's like that's their job. That's what they... Dedication. Dedication. Now, I will say this. Um, when I'm in Jefferson City, I just don't see a lot of panhandlers. Not a lot. But they're, they're there. They are there, but not... There's not, a few, yeah. You not near. Them. You're spot on. Not nearly as many. And it makes me wonder, huh, why is that? Well, Fred Perry on our this radio station has alleged that homeless people have been dropped off. He has alleged that on this radio station they've been dropped off, and I believe the town he mentioned was Joplin, dropping off uh, homeless people. I I have no way to confirm that, um, but it, whether they're being dropped off or not, it seems to be a growing number. And I don't know if these people panhandling are homeless or not, but I do see a lot of cars. Giving them, um, giving them money. There, I also see panhandling in downtown Columbia, where they're in front of stores and stuff, and they uh, accost people and scare the heck out of people. Well, the CPOA has said I've not heard about accosting, but the CPOA has said that we've had uh, incidents of defecation on on the streets of of public streets of downtown Columbia. So. You know, there are, um, I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult issue. The city is hoping this homeless shelter will solve the issue, Brandon. Obviously, you're not optimistic, but... but I'm realistic. <laughs> As somebody who's done work with homeless sure. people for a lot of years, I'm, I'm uh, uh, realistic. Uh, I think they're in, to your point about the homeless people being dropped off here. Uh, when I lived on the Gulf Coast, there was a city in Florida, and they would do that. They would get these, these the homeless people, and they would try to ship them off to other places. I've seen it happen. Wow. Um, and earlier this year, I had a law enforcement agency in between Fulton and St. Louis call me here at the radio station saying, hey, we've got some... Uh, we've got a homeless person. I want to be accurate. We've got a homeless person. I've heard there's good services there. What you, can we bring them there? And I'm like, uh, call Mayor Barbara Buffalo. <laughs> no, she'll let them in her house, I guess, John. And that's what you know, and that's that's the issue for a lot of people out there. You know, it's just one of those things. I don't know, sweep under the carpet or whatever. Mm, but well. it, it's a growing issue, and it's not just Columbia. No, it's at St. Louis too. And actually, Megan Green, to what you just said, Brandon, who's a councilwoman in St. Louis, when she was tweeting about this situation with the tent yesterday, 
look at some of the replies in her Twitter feed because some of the people are saying, why don't you take them in? Take them into yeah. your home. Um, and somebody's saying, what a horrible thing that they do. What a horrible, <laughs> really? basically, how could you say that? How could you, how could you say that? But that's what some of, it's really, it's divided. I've seen a lot of people very upset that the homeless people are being treated like this, but others are saying, you know, the city should should do do more. It's hypocritical rainbows and unicorns. If you really care that much about it, then let these people camp in your front yard. Let homeless people stay at your house. If you really care about that, you don't care about it. Uh, but you do have no problem taking my money and buying these people little homes and feeding them at infinitum. Coming up, Morning Bell Business News with a little twist that only Stephanie Bell can give you. We're talking... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 825, time for the Morning Bell Business News with a little twist that only Stephanie Bell can give you. Well, the market had a bad day yesterday, so there's really only one way to go, and the futures are uh, showing all just slightly in the green this morning. Um, as I opened the Wall Street Journal this morning, the top of, of the top five articles, there were two dealing with retirement. And this one, I thought, really? Uh, they said, hey, there used to be this really uh, great retirement destination, and now uh, people should rethink. And they said, Ecuador was a retirement paradise for Americans. Have you ever, has anyone ever, like... That's, casually said, you know what, I'm thinking about retiring in Ecuador. I've never heard that South America, some countries in South America, but never Ecuador. I had to kind of fact check that. And I'm like, no way. And so I started kind of Googling around. And yeah, there's a Mansion Global thing that forget Florida, U.S. retirees are hitting the rainforest in Ecuador and this other international living, an affordable and safe retirement destination. And I guess their currency collapsed. So now they kind of adopted the dollar. And then, you know, they're walking through the home prices. So they've obviously got like beautiful beaches and other, you know, um, and it's a nice place, or it's a beautiful place to be. Um, but they said also, like, the home prices and condo prices, even the city centers are really comparable. When they were walking through those prices, it sounded a lot like mid-Missouri. You know, you could get a nice place for a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, and when you're thinking of, um, you know, retirement destinations, you probably can't get that in Florida, right? Yeah. So, um, so you know, so they were saying it was affordable. It's easy for Americans to, you know, go down there. And actually, a lot of folks were going down there, but now the journal is reporting um, that uh, it was a retirement paradise. Then the drug gangs arrived, and they said the killings. I think there were seven thousand, yeah, seven thousand killings uh, last or this year so far. That's seven times the number in 2018. And they said it's like it's likely being driven by neighboring country Colombia, and then all of these drug gangs, and now a lot of um, folks who were you know spending their retirement there are now thinking we got to we got to go somewhere else it's just unsafe and so as we see what the drug cartels are doing amongst our own border uh you got to wonder you know you look at these other countries and the history there and you just wonder it just keeps creeping closer uh to america the thing that was really interesting um a couple of you know trending stories on wall street journal specifically like two of the top five stories are about retirement and one of the things that tells maybe i'm getting way off the track here but People are, which we should be anyway, paying attention, but people especially now, like, man, with things the way they are since January 20th, 2021, 
I'm paying attention to my retirement more so. And where can I go that I can retire cheaply? And and where am I on track? And that was what the other article said. And, you know, I'll do anything to uh, promote my own generation. And what the Wall Street Journal is saying is that millennials are actually on better track than boomers or Gen Z as far as retirement goes. And so they looked at, you know, what spending needs you would need and then whether uh, you had saved enough to replace your retirement income. And almost and, and it changes based on income level. But at every income level, every medium income, um, millennials outpaced the older generations as far as being on track uh, to meet your retirement goals. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And so you're thinking, well, why? You know, we've ha- we have lived in historic times and it hasn't exactly been easy on us, especially as we enter the workforce in the middle of the recession. Um, but they said, unlike older generations, typically now when you get into a job, There's a 401k plan, and rather than it being opt-in, generally, it's just automatic. And I think that's a good reminder for us all, because if I don't see that money, if it's something that I have set up automatic, um, then, you know, I kind of, it's like, okay, that works. And then also... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I saw that, I was like, you know what? That right there is respectable nepotism. Because the kid went to Duke, his grandma gave him 250 He could have been like, I'm not doing anything. But his dad said, nope, you start from the bottom. So that's... That's what I also teach my kids. And I also have to teach them, we're not rich, I'm rich. Still love that. Shaquille O'Neal, it reminded me as we were doing the Morning Bell, Stephanie's story about retirement and the number of folks. Wall Street Journal today, two of the top five trending stories have to do with uh, retirement. And it tells me people are like, man, the way things are, seriously, I really got to buckle down. Because I thought for the longest time, my retirement plan was the inheritance that I was going to get from my dad. (laughs) Really? Yeah, look what happened to retirement plans as back as far back as 2008 when the bottom fell out. People yeah. lost all sorts of money from IRAs and 401ks and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, well, thank goodness, Social Security, you know. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I saw a lot of people buying lottery tickets this week. Uh, billion dollars uh, tonight. By the way, coming up in leftovers at 8.50, uh, some dude recently won like two million bucks in the lottery. And of course, it's the age-old question. If you won the lottery, would you quit? And I always say, uh, people say, would you retire? Would you retire if you won the lottery? I'm like, I wouldn't retire. I'd just quit. I wouldn't retire at all. But this guy was asked uh, by his bosses. Uh, he's like, uh, hey, what would it take for you to not leave? And his response is classic. We'll do that in leftovers at 8.50. I also saw a story recently where someone won $50,000 off of a lottery ticket that was gifted to them. And my question is, if that happens to you, do you feel obligated to share some of that money with the person who gifted you the lottery ticket? I don't think I would feel obligated. I don't, I wouldn't feel. Depends who it was. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't feel obligated, but I just would, out of common courtesy. I wouldn't feel like I would have to. Um, There's a movie um, years ago. Nicholas Cage was in a movie. I don't know. A very similar, as I recall, waitress. They split. Somebody bought it for him. I can't remember. But there was a movie about they won the lottery. Bridget Fonda was a waitress. It was actually, and uh, there was, was there's good movie about news reporting. Um, in this homeless guy was actually they thought he was homeless he was a reporter it was as it was a really good movie but on this very scenario you guys are bringing up very similar but i cannot remember the name of the movie it probably was 30 years ago it could happen to you there you go there you go yeah 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 yeah. like when i buy the most lottery tickets is like around christmas and i stuff them in everyone's talking and if someone hit it big i would be like don't you want to 
share that. I think so, I would feel like I would want them to share it with me. So on the other end of Hannah's question, is, so Hannah's question is, would you, if somebody bought you a ticket, say, hey, here you go, I spent five bucks on a Powerball ticket, whatever, and then next day you're like, holy crap, Joe won, and like, would you... Call ex- them up? <laughs> uh, do you give them, do you feel obligated to give them a share of your winnings? But if you're the one... Who bought it? Would you expect that that person would give you some? I think it depends on how much it is, right? So when my brother and I were growing up, one one of our family members would buy us lottery tickets, even though we were underage. <laughs> and there was one Christmas, my brother won $500 wow. off of a scratcher. And he got really mad when my parents made him split it with me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, it has happened to us before. I remember we were out at a bar and Chris and I were out at a bar. There was um, a bachelor party and it was like during COVID, we were in a different state and we were like the only people in the bar. They were super friendly and fun and we were saying hi and they had a pull tab machine, which we really, we don't have in bars and gas stations here in Missouri. So we, we, Chris like bought one for a dollar and played himself and then he bought one and said, hey, you know, happy wedding, like congrats, buddy or whatever. He pulled the tab and won a hundred bucks wow. and he felt super guilty and he was like, oh, let me, you know, whatever. And I think we eventually worked it out where he like bought a round of beers or something, sure. but like he was like ready to give it all back <laughs> to us. And we're like, no, we, we, we didn't expect anything. We gave that to you as a gift. We're out a dollar. Who cares? But it's, he really felt like he needed to give it back to us. And we're like, happy wedding. That's a really interesting thing. I, I would, if someone bought me, um, if someone bought a, a lottery ticket for me, I would. Yeah, I would I share. Do it out of kindness. I would share, and I would also I donate a lot to charity as well. Someone's I, got a wedding coming up. If you wanted to stuff your <laughs> <laughs> stuff your envelopes with cash and lottery tickets, and, and don't forget the government. The government is going to take a big bite out of whatever yeah. whatever you get. Their Uncle Sam will get his money. But uh, but it is an, it is interesting to uh, to think about that. Hannah is getting to be a short timer before she gets uh, gets married here uh, shortly. Uh, actually, she got married over the weekend. Steps Montauk County Courthouse. <laughs> I can make it public now. Um, so that's what I would do. I'll come in tomorrow. I want I want a billion bucks on the Powerball lottery, and buy, I don't buy lottery tickets even when it's a billion billion dollars. I just don't. Um, but I'd come in tomorrow. Hey, man, I won a million bucks. Stephanie, thanks for buying me a lottery ticket. Here's 50 bucks. I'd cut you in on the winnings. Here's 50 bucks. This is Wake Up in Missouri. There's John Marsh. Good morning. Uh, you, will you buy a ticket? Probably. Really? <laughs> yeah, why not? How many will you buy? One. Uh, yeah. What are they, two bucks? Yeah, two bucks. Something like that. There's Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Uh, it's Mr. Brian Houseworth. Just a quick note, I-70, I just got off the phone with Joint Communications, eastbound lane, and Stephanie referenced here not too long ago. That has cleared. Um, they were a little surprised, the dispatchers, we were getting calls about that. What happened is a vehicle went off the embankment. No serious injuries. They were able to walk away, but that is cleared. Apparently, it tied up traffic for quite a while, though. Producer Hannah is here. Are you nervous? Are you stressed as you get close to the, the big day? No, not at all. Oh, not at all. We're big chilling over here. <laughs> um, facetious is the word we are looking for. Danny says via text 874-9390. says, just picked up my Tiger tailgate tickets. Big old tire. Go Mizzou. He says, thank you. Uh, a whole bunch of different places you can go in mid-Missouri if you want. This is going to be a huge game. Saturday, LSU, Mizzou sold out. Eli Drinkwood saying yesterday, telling us, say, man, Get there, get to the stadium early, uh, make noise, raise some heck. So if you want to join 
uh, Danny, at the big old Tiger Tailgate, really biggest Tiger Tailgate in all of mid-Missouri. We feed Buffalo Wild Wings. We give you free Bud Light beer. High Noon helps us out, as does uh, High V Echo Water Systems, Twain Barbecue and Tap Room. If you're in Jefferson City, uh, you can go to the Big O Tires. You can also go to Big Whiskeys. You can go to Graf and Sons in Mexico. And in Colombia, you can go into GND Pizzeria, and you just ask for them, and they just give them to you. It's, uh, it's free. There's recently a story we covered, and I'm a hard no. It's an easy hard no. I don't even have to think about this one. I get all moral and stuff. If, if, if Hannah, producer Hannah, bought me a lottery ticket and I won, I'd say, here's some money. Not because I'd feel obligated, just because that's what I would do. But now if I'm on an airplane for a seat that I bought, and I'm making that, that hour and a half jaunt from Columbia to Dallas, Texas, so I can fly to Boise to see the grandkids, and I'm in the section that I paid seat for, I paid good money for, and somebody came up and said, Hey, you know, my kid is sitting there. We didn't get tickets together. Would you mind so that my eight-year-old kid could sit with me? My first question would be, how much cash you got on you? I might sell you this seat right here and now for cash on this airplane. I might do that. But otherwise, no, I'm sorry. I know you want to sit with your kid, but maybe when you were buying the plane tickets, with all due politeness, maybe you should have thought about that then. And this, Stephanie's been bumped. You know what Stephanie's been bumped for on airplanes before? Dogs, small horses, right? out of out of actually out of first class into the back of the plane for a dog, and the airline did not care and wasn't offering me any money. But I'm I'm with you, no. And I think the story that went viral, the gal who said I'm not giving up my seat, said it wasn't like it was a three year old; it was like mm -hmm. a twelve or thirteen year old kid. It's not like it was a baby. Come on, yeah, Brandon. You say that you would say no, but I feel like in the moment. You wouldn't want to, like, let that person down. Listen, I complained about alligator bites at a restaurant the other day. No. I will have an easy time saying You no. were bitten by an alligator at <laughs> a restaurant? <laughs> you Wait. can't bring your emotional support alligator into the restaurant. John told you that. What was there to complain <laughs> about with alligator bites? I, I didn't complain. I just asked a question. What was the question? The question. So there's this, a new restaurant. <laughs> Which up. part of the alligator did the bite come from? <laughs> well, incidentally, as I get ready to tell the story, that's maybe a really good question, John. Uh, but it was a restaurant opened up earlier this year, and I love alligator meat. But you go to most places, and they do sell it. They take an out piece of alligator meat that's the size of a marble, and then they put enough breading on it. By the time they're done cooking, it's the size of a golf ball. It's all breading, very little meat. But this new uh, new place that opened up earlier this year, and they had alligator meat. And it was chunks of alligator, and it was incredible. And anytime I get the opportunity, I'll go there, and I will get the alligator because it's big chunks of alligator meat, and it is delicious. And I took a friend, Scotty, from uh, one of our country stations around here. He and I went to lunch. We've got to go here, uh, get, got to get the alligator. And I'm bragging about this place. So I'm selling <laughs> it to somebody, right? Selling it to somebody, and we get there, and they serve the, and it's in little alligator balls. To answer your question, John, about what part of the alligator do these things come from? <laughs> but I was dis, I was disappointed in the size Ooh, of the customer. Meat. Yeah, they have. They, I won't go back there until they get that alligator meat right. So, so I, you were complaining about the quality of the alligator in mid Missouri. I, yeah, that's that's accurate. But I wasn't <laughs> complaining. I just asked a question. The waitress comes back over. I'm like, hey, your alligator meat used to be this, and now it's this. Is this a, a, a new thing, or was it a bad day at the alligator factory? What happened here? And she says, well, since I've been here, that's how we've done it. I said, how long have you been here? She said, Three weeks. Well, it's not the way it used to be. So I didn't complain, <laughs> but I did ask. At least you didn't like try to talk to the manager or something. 
this close. Seriously. Well, I didn't want to complain, but I wanted to ask because that will shape my decision on whether or not I'll go back in the future. Like, hey, is this just a one-off? So anyhow, an airline. JetBlue is solving the problem. How are they doing that? You want to cover that in leftovers? What do you want to do here? Uh, do we have time? Yeah, oh, we got wait, time. Oh, I know Brandon didn't have any leftover alligator meat. It's short here. No, JetBlue is saying, hey, we're going to guarantee that if you book on the same reservation and you've got a kid under 13, they're guaranteed to be at least with one adult. And I think, Brandon, I think they do it like Southwest, so the random seating. So it, you can't really book two seats together, but they're saying, okay, we're going to guarantee that at least one kid, one adult. And hopefully that'll settle the debate for now. Coming up five minutes from now, uh, some leftovers. A few things we didn't get a chance to get to, but we think is still worthwhile. I want to share the uh, an answer, dude, recently when... This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. A couple weeks ago, this dude's name's Earl, and he wins $2 million in a lottery. He's like a factory worker, you know, true, you know, the, the stereotypical American. He gets up every morning, sits and has coffee with the wife at the table, and she goes to her job, and he goes to the factory, and he's been doing it for a lot of years, getting ready for retirement. He wins $2 million in the lottery. And he goes to work and says, uh, excuse me, boss, uh, I, I won $2 million in the lottery. And he says, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, separate myself from the company, terminate my employment, whatever it is you want to call it. And the boss says to the guy, he says, well, what would it take for you to stay? And the guy says, well, $2 million <laughs> in a schedule where I don't have to go to work. You do that. I'll turn down the lottery winnings and I'll stay uh, I'll stay working for you. I like that answer. I really do. What you got, Steph? It would be a tough choice. Um, apparently there are more uh, sports betting initiative petitions getting filed. Some more when there were already some on file. Um, some additional ones went on file yesterday. Um, as you know, Missouri has kind of been slow to join. Uh, I think all the other states around us have sports betting. We expect that to maybe be a hot topic again in the legislative session, but it hasn't seen much success in the past. And this could have some impact. Look at what happened at the Super Bowl. There's a map uh, where you can track like where people are betting. Uh, and what Stephanie showed us that day was fascinating. Yeah, a lot of people were trying to bet from inside uh, Missouri. And obviously we're told, yeah, that we don't have legal sports betting. But you And you could see in this map, and it will like ping or whatever, puts a marker on the map, and you can see where these people are betting. So even if I were to get online today and try to place a bet uh, on on something on the Mizzou game Saturday, uh, I, could, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it legally. But for folks who are like in <laughs> Kansas City... So what I'm uh, hearing is there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, and that's what's hard with Missouri is we have other so many other states that a lot of people are really close to. So you can cross yep. the line and place your bet. And then Missouri's not getting any of the benefit of that. So all those people cross the uh, state lines into other states. And guess what else crossed the state line into those states? Yeah, their money, money. and taxes. So I think, um, you know, that's one. But it's certainly something we're watching. We've been talking a ton about candidates and the you know, statewide races in 2024. And then we've also talked a lot. Those abortion IPs are currently tied up in litigation. So what issues? are we going to be voting on? I think that's really important. And, you know, if you, you can get on the Secretary of State's website and see, I think there are, there's well over 100 initiatives uh, filed. Um, you can kind of see what might be out there. But as we get closer, you know, people are going to have to start gathering those signatures, which is not a cheap process. And so we're going to get a better idea of who's serious about going to the ballot and who's not. Marsh, what you got? Well, we're looking at folks. What's it going to take to make you stick around and stay on the job after your big win? Aaron Rodgers, you know, he signed that two-year, $75 million deal when they were originally offering 110 so he could get some roster players. And now the latest on Aaron Rodgers, the docs say he is, quote, well ahead of the normal protocols 
and still clinging to the belief that he can return at QB for the Jets this season. Just in time. Believe it for when we see it. Maybe he'll make it for six snaps this time. There you go. Uh, did you say he was on uh, TV yesterday? He was being asked about the performance against the Kansas City Chiefs on... Um, uh, Making smart remarks about yeah. TK as well. Did you hear his nickname for Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Mr. Pfizer, because he's, he's doing oh. PSAs, push, or I shouldn't say pushing, supporting... COVID vaccines. By the way, I'll include this in leftovers. There's recently some polling, and I haven't talked about it. I don't talk about it. I'm tired of it. Uh, the government pandemic was fun to talk about in 2020. It wasn't even fun then, uh, and certainly spend very little time on it now. But I thought in the interesting opinion poll, majority of Americans say, I'm not no, I'm not just I'm just not getting the next vaccine um, anymore. And that I think you can attribute to people like Fauci and the misinformation, the lies and things like uh, like that. Also in leftovers, I know that John Marsh has covered this very well throughout the morning. What's happening at 120 today, John? 120, they're doing the big national FEMA slash FCC, basically emergency alert practice that they do, I think, every three years. And we'll have the tones, and you'll hear the announcement here on the radio station. And then you'll also get the same info on your smartphone, unless you got the thing completely turned off you're going to get it and there are some people that are be, that have been encouraged to turn their phones off yeah if you're in a, a situation where m- you have a domestic violence issue and perhaps you have a separate phone that someone doesn't know about um you're being encouraged to turn your phone off um to protect yourself so in other words you're hiding a phone and it's something you're keeping from somebody and then uh, all of a sudden it starts dinging or doing whatever noise this is going to make today obviously um that would not be a good situation so some things to keep in mind also want to make sure you keep this in mind, man. We're getting ready. This is going to be huge on Saturday. I love Eli Drink. What's to say? Man, come out of the stadium early on Saturday. Raise heck. Sold out game. Go to places in Columbia like Vaughn Pools and Spas. Get your free Tiger Tailgate passes. Also Vaughn Pools and Spas in Jefferson City and in Boonville. You can go to Club Car Wash. Free Buffalo Wild Wings. 